This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns tomorrow with special guest Toronto Mayor John Tory. Well, it seems people either love them or hate them. We're revisiting the topic of bike lanes because now the new ones on the Danforth, Bloor and University are being endorsed by doctors. Let me introduce you to our panel of experts, Gideon Foreman, transportation policy analyst with the David Suzuki. Foundation, Albert Cole, environmental lawyer and founder of Bells on Bloor, and Ward 2, Etobicoke Center City Councilor Stephen Holliday. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. Hey. Gideon, first of all, tell us about this endorsement from Doctors for Safe Cycling. Yeah, Doctors for Safe Cycling is a group of about 100 physicians across the city. Many of them are cyclists themselves, and they support bike lanes for a number of reasons. They want their patients to be safe. Um, too many people live sedentary lives, so the bike lanes are really useful in getting people up and active. And during COVID now, they're actually a good way to keep people distanced. So the doctors are, are all over them and very supportive. Do they see any negatives or cons to bike lanes, or is it all good news? Yeah, I mean, the bike lanes provide a lot of safety. You know, I mean, a, a paint on a road is not enough, but the new bike lanes have a physical barrier, typically a cement block, and that's going to keep bikes in their place and cars in their place so it makes the road a lot safer for everyone. We had this conversation uh, on a different sort of angle on the new bike lanes on the Danforth a couple of weeks ago and uh, didn't have a whole lot of time to take your calls. Today we do have more time. Uh, Your observations if you live or work in one of the neighborhoods where they've implemented the separated bike lanes, the Danforth is a prime example of that. We'd love to hear from you. How is it working out in your neighborhood? How is everybody cohabitating together, drivers, cyclists, uh, people enjoying the patios as part of Cafe Tio, and the residents, 416-360-0740 or toll-free, 1-866-744-740. I guess for you, Albert, uh, this does not come as a surprise. You see bike lanes as being very positive. Well, that's one of the the wonderful things that we saw. Uh, was that um, initially during the pandemic, people were being told to stay at home, don't do anything. Well, that really contradicted the advice we've been getting for years from uh, the uh, public health, which is we need to get out there and exercise. So when, when we then found out that cycling was one of the ways we can get around the city in a healthy way, in a socially distanced way, well, that was a, a wonderful thing because it allowed people to continue to exercise get outside, get some exercise, and at the same time, uh, get safely to work. So the bike lanes have provided people uh, with that uh, opportunity. It certainly makes the cyclists a lot more safe. There are a few little kinks in the system, though, right, when you're dealing with these cafes, these patios, in the curb lanes, and then the cyclists riding right beside them so closely. Well, I I think uh, my observation is that it's worked really well. I mean, despite the fact that uh, it's, uh, for example, on Danforth, it's a fairly a narrow area compared to some arterial roads. Uh, but at the same time, uh, uh, people are seem to be having a great time there. It's a very beautiful environment. And uh, 
I, I enjoyed people who said, boy, we used to have to go to Europe to do this, and now we can do it on the Danforth. Councillor Stephen Holliday, you've been an opponent to bike lanes in the past. Are you starting to see the other side of the argument? <laughs> well, Jane, uh, I, I have supported some, believe it or not. And, you know, I will acknowledge that my, my co-panelists here are factually correct. You know, it is to, good to get out and exercise. There's no question that bike lanes are a safer environment for everybody. But it's only half the story. Um, what we're not or have not talked about so far is, you know, where do they belong? And the Danforth was a very controversial discussion, and I think it will remain a controversial discussion because the, 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 the question in front of us is, do they belong on the city's main street in the East End, or could they have been put in other places that made more sense? At the end of the day, it's about trading things off, and in this case, we traded off a travel lane and we traded off parking to install the bike lanes. And I think a lot of people uh, don't agree with that trade. They don't see a balance in it. They don't see uh, a one-for-one one in terms of attraction of new riders or cyclists versus automobiles. And they see some impacts to the functionality and the businesses along that stretch. And, you know, a lot of people will, will spin a yarn that will say, well, it's the only way to get around. But we always forget there are plenty of parallel streets along uh, the Danforth Avenue that could have been used and continue to get used. But I think this was more about politics rather than engineering. But Councillor Holliday, and I, I used to live right there at Danforth and Jones for 16 years, and I rarely drove on the Danforth. If I had to, I would use side streets, which were much faster. So couldn't you apply the same reasoning for drivers, that they should find other parallel routes and, and the more uh, direct east-west route should be reserved for cyclists? Well, I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but I think it's about more than just the local residents. Because you're right, if you live right there, you know the side streets and the, way to, and the ways to circle around through there, but I'm thinking more about, and I'm going to guess a number here, 20,000 drivers, I'm probably not that far off, uh, that are moving from places beyond just the segment of the Danforth that use it as an artery into the city to conduct their business. And that's what really this has always been about in the way that I frame the argument, is that the conversation is so much bigger than the one or two or three kilometer stretch that you're affecting. It's about all of the people that funnel through there and balancing all of their needs. And so, you know, 20,000 drivers can't be wrong taking the Danforth because they need to get from A to B. And we've just taken 50% of the capacity of that road out uh, in exchange for some, some protected bike lanes that I would argue could have been put somewhere else. What about emphasizing the need for uh, making the city more transit-friendly and more bike-friendly and keeping less vehicles off the road? Wouldn't that ideally be a, a better plan for the city? Well, here's the other half now, and we, we start to get into what I call the ruling class arrogance. You know, it would be arrogant of me to claim that everybody should just drop their car and get on a bike and go from place to place. I suspect the vast majority of people either can't or don't want to do that type of a step. And, you know, why should I force them to do that? Hey, it would be fantastic if every day was, you know, 25 degrees sunny without road congestion and I have nothing to carry with me and no kids to transport or tools to go from place to place. Um, and, and some people have that lifestyle, but I think a lot of people out there on the road are just struggling to get from one place to another. And what we do is we just add time and stress to their journey. And I don't know why the doctors aren't talking about that, about the toll of congestion on people's lifestyles and how it affects their families. I don't know why counselors would complain about congestion in the city and at the same time take lanes out and then expect people will magically move to bikes. I don't think people believe it.
Okay, Councillor Holliday, uh, let's get some rebuttal happening here. Uh, Gideon, your response to the councillor's comments. Well, I mean, the councillors brought up, for example, the impact on business. That, first of all, is a concern of ours. I mean, all of us want to see our local businesses do well. In fact, Jane, we, the David Suzuki Foundation, work with some business students at the Rotman School over the last couple of years to, to get their take on this. We asked them to go out, and one of the things that they did, and they actually looked at Danforth, was that they found that there was lots of parking along Danforth and the Green Pea parking lots. You'll, you'll recall that just north of Danforth mm-hmm. is a whole slew of Green Pea parking. And the, and the business students from Rotman were telling us that actually there's lots of parking there. So we don't see that as an issue. We are concerned about our local businesses. We actually think that the bike lanes can have a positive impact. There's been recent work done by the Toronto Centre for Active Transportation. They looked at the impact of putting bike lanes on Bloor, and they found that the local merchants were serving more customers per month after the bike lane came in. So we're very concerned about our local businesses. I think everyone is. We want to see them do well. We see the changes to Danforth is helping our local businesses. And there are a number of local BIAs that are also supportive and open to the bike lanes because they like the fact it brings new customers to our local merchants. Albert, your response to the councillor's comments? Well, I found it uh, quite interesting that councillor mentioned uh, the taking out of travel lanes. Uh, Well, that depends on your perspective as well. We know that uh, we've added two travel lanes, in fact, and when we did recent counts, we found that there were over 4,000 people a day uh, traveling in those new uh, travel lanes. So so we do have this um, mythical uh, place about uh, where we should put the uh, bike lanes, but we've known uh, for 40 years that um, cyclists will be on arterial roads because that's, uh, they're going to the same place that uh, motorists are going. And some of your uh, listeners might remember Fred Gardner. So his job, Fred Gardner, we have an expressway named after him, was to deal with the problem of congestion. So we got uh, a number of big expressways, including the Gardner, but we've never solved the problem of congestion. And we know the reason for that is because the more roads you build, the more cars you will get. So, so now, now we're trying to trend in the other direction, saying to people there are, there are options, and we're hoping that uh, people like uh, Councillor Holiday will get out of their cars and use their bikes uh, where they can. And we know that there are many thousands of trips every day that are traveled that can be either walked or cycled that are currently being traveled in cars, so we're providing options now by building bike lanes. Let's get a reaction from our callers. This is Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane for Libby, and I'm with Gideon Foreman, Albert Cole, and Stephen Holliday, Councillor for Ward 2, Etobicoke Centre. Let's go to Marianne in North York. Uh, Marianne, what do you think about the new bike lanes? Oh, hi. I think they're a nightmare, and I agree 100% with uh, Councillor Holliday. Um, I used to love going down Danforth. It was wide. It was beautiful. You could park pretty much anywhere. Uh, When it's beautiful weather, it's a nightmare there. You sit in traffic. Cars are flooded. The doors are flying open. I'm going like a mile an hour because I'm terrified I'm going to take someone's door off when they open their door. And for you, is there an option to take the subway? No, there isn't. I, I need my vehicle to um, for many things, to, like everyone else. Yeah. Uh, so for you, the Danforth is now off limits as a result of just it's too slow, too congested in your mind. Yes, and very dangerous. Actually, it's dangerous for the, the, the drivers and the people that have parked their cars. And when they open their door, 
you, you're going to take, the driver's going to take that door off one day. You're going to find, and plus you've got enforcement now. It's enforcement everywhere. Can't find anywhere to park. It's it's a nightmare. It's horrible. All right, let's go to Brian in East York. Brian, your thoughts on the new bike lanes. Hi, Jane. How are you? Hello? Yes, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm uh, definitely against uh, putting the put the, them putting the bike lanes along the Danforth. Uh, and uh, number one, the, the <coughs> it's funny the guy mentioned the gardener. The gardener empties out on the Woodbine Avenue, too, and they did the same thing and buggered it up. It, and I'll tell you another thing. I wouldn't want to be a firefighter or an ambulance driver and have to come along the, the, the damper to get anywhere because you're, you're out of luck. It's only one, one, two lanes that cut four into two. And how somebody in a bicycle is going to put your fire out of your house and get you to an ambulance, I'll never know. And the bike lane is only good for half a year. I don't see too many people in the middle of the winter riding bicycles around. Okay, Brian from East York, we thank you for your call. Uh, Albert Cole, I know you're an expert in this area. You served on the Ontario Chief Coroner's Expert Panel on Road Safety back in 2012. So you're familiar with these kinds of arguments. I mean, they're credible. They are actual firsthand experience. Well, in terms of uh, emergency vehicles, I would think that it's, uh, the car is getting in the way of uh, emergency vehicles, not uh, bicycles. And so, so we do hear that kind of thing. But there's, you know, there's a way we've done things for since World War II that uh, we know aren't working. I mean, we do have too many cars uh, in the city with too much air pollution in the city, which is uh, going to compromise, of course, compromises uh, people who do have underlying uh, health issues uh, with additional air pollution, especially in a time of uh, pandemic. As, as well as the fact, I mean, all of these, uh, you know, drivers, motorists are also going to need uh, exercise. Uh, this is an opportunity for people to get that. So, so we do have to change our thinking about uh, the ways we get around. And we know now the majority of people, this is pre-pandemic, are getting around the, the city by walking, cycling or taking transit. So we're not saying close down the street to cars. Uh, we're saying simply let, let's start uh, having a more equitable a sharing of the road. And that's, you know, a slogan that we heard a lot at the beginning of the pandemic. We're all in this together. So we're asking for people to make some adjustments, the people who are used to uh, being motors, to make some adjustments. For example, for the 30% of people in Toronto who don't own a motor car at all. Uh, so we do need everyone to uh, make some adjustments for the better of the community. And that's what I think it means to all be in this together. Councillor Holliday, um, this is a compliment for you and your colleagues. Uh, a lot of people in the city are commenting on how there seems to be a feeling of cooperation among city councillors now. I don't know if it's because you're a smaller group, or, but it does seem to be more co- cooperative and less fractious. So where do we go from here in terms of prioritizing bike lanes versus transit versus roads for vehicular traffic? Well, I think uh, the most important thing that we can do as counselors is talk to people and stay connected with our community. And, and COVID has been awful to deal with. We are this council that meets virtually on the internet. We're not out there as much as we'd like to be. And I think that's the general sentiment and thought that I would leave you with is that, you know, some people will like the lanes, some won't. Some will say bike lanes belong in the right place. Some say they don't belong in certain places. 
But at the end of the day, I think a lot of people are angry about these, and that's not a good thing. And it, part of it is because they may not have been involved in the decision-making, and there is that sentiment out there that people are making choices that don't reflect the overall population of the city. And I think we're challenged with that as a council, and I, I don't see an easy path forward, but we've got to get out there and talk to people. And that was one of the big criticisms about the Danforth decision was it came up during COVID, and as quick as it came up, the decision was made. All right. We'll leave it there. I thank you all for your time. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. Uh, Gideon Foreman had to leave us there a few minutes ago, transportation policy analyst with the David Suzuki Foundation, as well as Albert Cole, environmental lawyer and founder of Bells on Bloor, and Ward 2 Etobicoke Centre City Councillor Stephen Holliday. It's been a pleasure being with you these last few days. Libby returns tomorrow. Her special guest, Toronto Mayor John Tory. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.